In the discussion of global warming, of course you'll hear a lot from scientists and even economists. But what about the voices of religious leaders and ethicists? At the Union Theological Seminary in New York, the scion of another famous American political family has established the Center for Earth Ethics. And in a major cover story for Columbia magazine, writer Paul Hond visits the centre and asks if the world's religions can help save us from environmental disaster. That is a centre. It's housed at the Union Theological Seminary, and that's a Columbia-affiliated seminary. Its stated purpose is really to draw on the world's faith and wisdom traditions to confront the ecological crisis. The mission is, a, I think, a, a very exciting one because it is actually engaging people, encouraging people to engage with nature and the planet and to experience their faith through that mode. And I believe from what I've read in working on this article that the love and deep respect for creation, for the planet, for nature, whatever we want to call it, is actually a precondition for real meaningful action on the political level in terms of environmental protection. It's very interesting, Paul, that it's associated with the Union Theological Seminary. What was missing in the discussion around climate change? When we usually talk about climate change, you know, when you watch news programs, people are talking to either scientists or business people, economists, and so forth, policymakers. And it always struck me that there is, again, something's missing from the conversation. And it is, if you will, a moral element that suggests that the planet and all of its inhabitants do have inherent rights to exist, just as we do. And I think there's a disconnect with people. You know, I think there's just an attempt here to at the center to bring people into closer communion with the planet. Yeah, you talk about the mistaken belief that humans are separate from all other created beings, a belief that seems to have kind of echoed down through the ages. Right. We do tend to separate ourselves from everything else. There are a lot of reasons for that. And, you know, I think we are now seeing the, the consequences of that, the sort of disregard for things that aren't benefiting us, whether it's uh, financially or, you know, whether it's uh, this idea that we hold a cathedral, we will consider that a sacred site, but not a rainforest, for instance, is the sort of disconnect that we're talking about. And I think the religion and ecology movement is an attempt to bring humans back not just to the earth, but to themselves. Now, indeed, the driving force behind this centre is someone from a very well-known political family in the United States. Who's that? That would be Corinna Gore, whose father, of course, is Al Gore, former vice president of the United States, who was a very well-known and leading environmentalist and still is. And her motivation, because she comes out of a political background, but also a legal background, but there's also something in her religious background. What's that? I can't really speak to her religious background. I mean, she expressed it to me as it's something private, never, ever unfolding, I believe is the word she used. The Center for Earth Ethics is involved in summoning the power of all religions, all beliefs, all systems, and especially indigenous belief systems, which are very earth-centered. 
she is a very strong voice for the planet, just as her father was. There's two other figures that come up in your story who are recurring heroes of this movement. One is a woman called Mary Evelyn Tucker. Who is Mary Evelyn Tucker? Mary Evelyn Tucker, along with her husband, John Grimm, is regarded as the founder of the religion and ecology movement. They are at Yale University, and they run a fantastic program. And this movement has spread to, I think, maybe uh, 16 graduate programs across the United States at this point. They were the editors of a figure named Thomas Berry, who uh, figures prominently in this article and in the environmental movement. He's a Catholic monk and cultural historian, scholar of Eastern and indigenous religions. Mary Evelyn Tucker and John Grimm were very close with Thomas Berry and were his editors, in fact, have put out a number of books by Thomas Berry. They've edited and they also co-wrote a biography of Berry that came out a couple of years ago. And Thomas Berry was a Catholic monk, along with a number of other Christian thinkers. They never stopped being Christian. But what were they drawn to in other religions, wisdom in other religions, when it came to the earth? I think they found that profound reverence and connection to the earth being expressed in these other faiths and systems. And I can only imagine it harmonized with something in his soul. And I suppose he went ever deeper into it. But uh, he's a beautiful writer and has this very powerful prophetic voice and a good deal of a certain kind of almost moral indignation about what we've allowed to happen. And his calls for humanity to engage in the great work of reconnecting is, again, seems to me an essential, necessary ingredient for doing what needs to be done to keep us from the fate we're heading to if we don't stop. Wasn't there a particular attraction to parts of Confucianism? Again, I do believe he and William Theodore Ted DeBerry, who was a friend of his, also a Columbia professor, were both very involved in Confucianism, as was Mary Evelyn Tucker. That was her, I think, her specialty when she did her studies at Columbia. I don't want to misspeak for her, but um, I think there was you know, a lot of disillusionment particularly in that generation coming out of the 60s into the early 70s. A lot of people were looking for, for something else that wasn't based in uh, materialism and consumerism and so forth. People were looking for a deeper connection. And I think they're looking for it again. I think they're looking for it now as well. How much of a turbocharge has Pope Francis given to the earth ethics movement? From everything I've heard, it was a tremendous event, the publication of... His book in 2015, Vatican published Laudato Si, 184-page encyclical, that is a clarion call to action, really. Noted environmentalist, Bill McKibben, called it the most important publishing event of the 21st century. And what could be more important than something that is capable of you know, reaching millions and millions and millions of people on a, a subject of extreme urgency? Yes, and what did Laudato Si do to this notion of uh, human dominion over the earth? My understanding is that there was this idea that the word dominion is translated from the Hebrew. Being translated as dominion implied a certain domination. Pope Francis and others have 
pointed out that the translation is open to some interpretation and stewardship, the word stewardship has been offered as an alternative. And that would suggest that human beings were charged with taking care of the planet, you know, not ruling over it, so to speak. Very different point of view. Paul Hond and his article, Can the World's Religions Help Save Us from Ecological Peril?, appears in the current edition of Columbia magazine. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.